This episode of Pat Trek is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy the show. Thank you to the Chicago Podcast Co-op for connecting us to that sponsor. The Chicago Podcast Co-op is a collective of excellent podcasts all from the city of Chicago. Go to chicagopodcastcoop.com. The late 80s. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Pat Trek. My continuing mission to introduce my friend Patrick to the best show that ever ran on television and to boldly go where millions of white guys with glasses have gone before. Hello, welcome to Pat Trek. This is the show where my friend, Pat O'Rourke, introduces me, Patrick Winninger, to Star Trek The Next Generation, a show that I've never seen. And I have seen a ton of times. And Patrick, I love this episode. The Icarus Factor? I love it! The episode we're talking about, The, the Icarus, Icarus Factor? Factor? Yeah. I think this is a fantastic episode. So much character development. There is... I had issues with it, though. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm shocked. I know. Never have issues with this nah, episode. No, it was just, yeah, just kind of boring. What are you talking about? Uh, I, I mean, don't there's know. no action, but there's your heart. No, heart's there is. There on. is. And they saved it like all for the end. Oh, I guess that's true. I don't know. I, I felt like a lot of stuff was stretched out way too much, but it wasn't a bad episode. I don't know. We'll get into it. It made me feel things I didn't expect to feel. Patrick. There was a lot of character development. I think that was good. <laughs> I just had issues with it. And, you know, we'll get into that later. Well, I have a fun fact that is very telling of the style of this episode. Oh, really? What's that? This is the very first time we see Deanna Troy's office. We've never been in there before. That is weird. Isn't it weird? She is like a psychiatrist and she doesn't have an office. No, she goes to other people's places all the time. She just gives and gives and gives. Doesn't she? <laughs> this episode proves it, too. Yeah. But yeah, it's the first time we saw inside of there. That shows you how emotional this episode is. Yeah. Speaking of emotional, we lost our studio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of feel like we should bring that up. That's like we're just watching this in your house now. Yeah. And we're kicking it on a couch. Yeah. We're just hanging out, holding some microphones. Yep. I like it. I like this setup, honestly. It's very comfortable and easy. Yeah. But uh, I do have a couple things for the Patrick's log of what was going on the week the Icarus Factor aired. Yeah. This was April 24th, 1989, by the way. So one thing just came out to me because uh dick cheney's name showed up in this list of headlines there's apparently a big uh dispute over if we're gonna fund the b2 bomber this week and it just shows up cheney reveals one year delay on stealth bomber and it's just like (laughs) dick cheney talking about like yeah uh you know we still want to do the star wars defense thing we're gonna fund this b2 bomber but it's gonna be delayed and it's like Oh, yeah, I forgot he was Secretary of Defense. Oh, yeah. Like, back in the 80s. Yeah, he's always been a bit of a war hawk. He's always, guy. like, in there somehow. Oh, yeah. If there's war <laughs> happening, Dick Cheney's Dick Cheney around. is involved yeah. somehow. But he's then, a Klingon. Yeah, he's a Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, increasing funding for pain sticks. Um, but then I found this other one that's kind of ominous. Uh, so this headline... Beijing students boycott classes. Activists in Chinese capital strike to press demands for democracy. I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. It's a Tiananmen Square oh, really? protest. Yes, that, that started this week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so it did not end up going well. It didn't? No. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. Uh, they, <laughs> no, so, <laughs> the, yeah, they had a huge protest. I took a Chinese history course in college of course and you did. I did Patrick. not. Well, I mean, it was like part of my requirement, and I did not know this. But my Chinese history professor says, like, it actually the protest started out from a kind of racist thing. Oh, really? A lot of students were like hardcore nationalists and were upset that women were dating African foreign students. And this wasn't the people that were organizing the Tiananmen Square protest. These th- those people were like actual legit demo- pro democracy people, but it. All the the student protests sprung from that initially, That's and then crazy. and then a bunch of people added like their legitimate demands to it. It's like, oh yeah, also you know it's kind of messed up. We can't you know have any dissent in newspapers and stuff like that. But there was like a weird right wing nationalist element at the very beginning that kind of died out. But we forget that that yeah. happened. They just got pushed out of there. And yeah, they, yeah, they got crowded out by like a bunch of 
like actual mm-hmm. uh, pro reform people. But yeah, that that protest started this week. It's in a good thing the Cubs parade didn't morph in the same way, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I am a sectarian for the White Sox, uh, so <laughs> I'm very glad the Northside Hardliners did not show in full force. <laughs> uh, speaking of full force, should we get into the episode? Yeah, we should. The Icarus Factor. So yeah, this is... We're like in the middle of season two. Yeah. Is it fair to say that this is the middle? Yeah. We're, what is this? Like 13, 14, 15? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, we've, we've been in season two for, for some... Yeah, this is the 14th. Uh, one thing that I did notice, no one ever leaves the ship. Mm-mm. In this episode, this is yeah, it's a bottle episode. It's a bottle. It's entirely within uh within the set mm-hmm. of of the Enterprise D. They're supposed to go to the Starbase. I think it's Starbase Montgomery. The name of it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they never get there. And there's like a some consultation thing that they got to do. And they're in the engineering sector of the ship, and Data is finding some problem. Like with I don't know how the warp drive works there's dilithium crystals and they need to have they're not crystallizing right i don't know what the hell the deal is well and that's what i love about this episode is the adventure of it is so mundane and boring it is incredibly boring that's that's not what i love about it that's what i love about it because it creates all of this character drama yeah because we're not talking about them like questing through caves or uh having to find water on a desert island a desert planet (laughs) yeah yeah, so they're trying to find a, some issue, and I, I wasn't sure if LaForge was, if his ego was supposed to be pricked a little bit, because it was like, oh, you know, we need an expert's opinion. We need oh, to go to the yeah. star base. But he's got this puzzle that he's got to deal with in the engine, and he and Data are working on it. And Picard's like, oh, well, let's go to the star base Montgomery place. Riker points out, oh, that wasn't on our itinerary. And Picard says, well, you know, got a little surprise for you. Why don't you come meet me in the conference room? Ooh, yeah. So I thought it was Riker was in trouble. They make you think that. Yeah. That's Picard messing with him. I guess. But he's just like, no, uh, we're just going to have a layover at the Starbase, you know, because we haven't had one in a while. Then he, he meets Riker. It turns out that, oh, you know, what we're really doing is there's a ship called the USS Ares. It's got a spot open for a captain. I know that's what you want to do, Riker. It's yours if you want it. But it's like in a very distant sector of the galaxy. So here's the thing. Yeah. This is the second time he's yeah. been offered a captain's position. Yeah, you know, I know he's going to turn it down. Well, yeah. There's no suspense in this, this for me. Yeah, they've already done this, and like they're not going to remove you know this major character. No. Halfway through season two. I think that's a problem with the episode, honestly. It's the thing he's debating the, the whole time. The thing that he's debating, yeah. there's no suspense. I know that he's going to turn it down. Because he's already turned it down once. Yeah. And clearly, it's only been a year or so since he turned it down last time. Yeah. Why would Picard think he wants to take this gig now? Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, I know he's not going to take it. It, it. They set it up like it's going to be suspenseful. He's like, you have 12 hours to make your decision. They're like, well, I know that he's not going to do it. He gets real pensive looking. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, he's not going to take it. But... Then, uh, he might. We don't know yet. Yeah, I, I don't know. He he's he's clearly this is a thing that he wants, but I know he's not going to leave the Enterprise. Uh, then he gets called like to the transport room because there's like, oh, we have the civilian attaché that you know he's supposed to meet with us. He goes, this guy materializes, and it's Riker's dad. It's some kind of older dude. Uh, they are very curt with each other. Ooh. They don't even appear surprised to see Mm-mm. each other, and it's just like... Well, we know from last week, it's been a really long time uh, since we've seen, uh, or since Riker has seen his father, Yeah, and we also know... He doesn't have a mother. He doesn't have a mother. So we, we've learned both of those facts last week. Yeah. Riker, William Riker, seems a lot more distant. Like, he just says, like, oh, I have things to do. You need to go do whatever you're going to do. He just shit. shuts him down. Yeah. Doesn't even say, like, I hate you or yeah. anything. It's- His dad, Kyle, Kyle Rucker, by the way, is, like, you can... I think he's trying to make a little, you know, extend his hand a little bit. Of course. He just showed up on the guy's starship. Yeah. You know, he just wants to say hey. And I can tell they don't have a great relationship just based on this interaction. But, man, William Riker's just like, nope. I know. I got things to do. And that's your father. You could at least get coffee with the fellow. Seriously. He flew across a galaxy to see you. Literally across the galaxy. Well, I mean, he flew across the galaxy because he had some job to do on the ship. It's just like... I do not understand his employment. It he's like a very consultant. Confusing. 
But how did he become a consultant for the Federation if he's never worked for the Federation? I don't know. I'm not entirely sure how employment works in this uh, <laughs> society. That's true. He's not getting paid. Well, because like they keep saying it's just like you know we've evolved, evolved past like money and you know it's this like classless society and no one has to work. It's just, like if I had the opportunity to not work, I wouldn't do a goddamn thing. I wouldn't be on a <laughs> starship somewhere. You know, yeah. like working out crystals. Like no, I'd I'd sleep in every day. Yeah. If I just had a replicator that had whatever I want, it's like I wouldn't consult on you some shit. You could get, ship. what, blooming onions and horsey sauce. Oh, yeah. I would be fat as hell. Like, <laughs> But you can't get fat. I would be Sonny Clemens. Yeah, <laughs> I would totally be Sonny Clemens, <laughs> Yeah, too. like, I just, like, materialize me a martini all the time. <laughs> I would not do anything that I didn't want to do. Well, Kyle is very ambitious, and he's gotten to this level of consulting with, like, admirals and captains. Yeah, he never was an admiral or no, captain. No, yeah, I don't understand that. How how did he get to this position? It, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, but um, so right after that, uh, we see Worf. He's like in the corridor uh, outside. Hell yeah, Worf. I, I like... Great Worf episode. I, this is a great Worf episode. I will say that. And Wesley is coming up behind him. He's like, hey, Worf, did you hear about this? Riker's <laughs> dad is here. And Worf just like barks at him. He's like, I don't want to talk about dads. Everyone on this ship has dad issues. <laughs> I didn't know my dad. Yeah. Dad have issues with the man you never met. <laughs> and like, he just <laughs> barks at Wesley until he goes away. And uh, back in engineering, Jordy is just like, he's, you know, he's pretty pissed that the Montgomery crew is trying to fix this crystal thing. Yeah. Like, he initially thought, it's like, no, I can, I'm fine with help. And now, he no, he clearly does not want this help. Mm-hmm. He's like yelling at him to get out of the way. And Wesley comes in. He's like, "No, oh, hey, Jordy, Worf's acting weird. And so this is going to be our B-plot, I guess. Yeah. What is wrong with Worf? <laughs> what is wrong with Wesley? Leave the man alone. Yeah, he just yelled at you. He just said, leave me alone. Let him brood, man. That's what he does. Yeah, he's angry. When you're angry, you want to be left alone. Watch some sexy harp ladies. Yeah. And, and mind your business. So, yeah, Jordy's just like, well, you know, it's probably because Riker is leaving. And, you know, because I guess they like each other and like working with each other. He's probably, you know, upset about that. And Wes is like, you know, I, I think it's something else. That's it. It does suck that Riker's leaving, but I've never seen Worf act this way. It's he's upset even for Worf. And what Who, would lead us to believe Worf and Riker are that close? I, yeah, they just like, never work on the bridge. You never see out. No. I mean. They well, went on that D&D quest together once. They did. And I think. I actually do think Worf probably has some respect for Riker because Riker did that thing on the Klingon vessel. Oh, that's right. You know, you'd think just based on Worf's character and his connection to his culture, that would be... Yeah, earn some stripes. Yeah. Yeah. He ate all that Klingon food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretended to enjoy it. Oh, shoot. Now I'm forgetting what it was called. Glock. Glock, yeah. No. Was it Glock? I think. It was just the like... The worms. Yeah, the worms. They ate the worms. <laughs> the fermented octopus. Yeah. He, he ate all that stuff, drank the blood wine. Mm-hmm. I, I assume Worf does like Riker, mm-hmm. but that's not why he's upset. It is something else, and so I guess the rest, rest of the episode we're going to try to figure out what it is. Uh, meanwhile, in the bar in 10 Forward, uh, Riker and Miles O'Brien, they're hanging out, and O'Brien is trying to pick Riker's brain. He's like, dude, you're, you, know, you seem upset. What's, what's wrong with you? And, you know, is it a lady? It's, no, it's not a lady. He's like, oh, is it this? I don't respect women. They couldn't make me Yeah, bad. yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, his Riker's like, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> What a sexy harp lady hologram. <laughs> Need to get to my sad desert. Uh, but no, he just says family. <laughs> yeah, why isn't he in the sad desert? I don't know. He doesn't. Well, because uh, now 10 Forward exists. Yeah. He but can, he went to the he sad can go desert. drink his problems away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, he just says, you know, it's family. It's his dad. Ugh. You know, he's. it's not even the prospect of him having to leave the Enterprise that he's troubled about. You know, it's not this thing that he has 12 hours to decide. His dad's on the ship, and that's the thing he's got to worry about. But then we see... Can we pause one second? Yeah. Miles O'Brien. Big episode. Yeah. He's I like great Miles in O'Brien. This yeah. Yeah. He's just like a normal dude. Yeah. And I like that we get a perspective of just some guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that, uh, that that sounds like, you know, damning faint praise, but everyone on this ship is so goddamn weird. Except for Miles O'Brien, exactly. <laughs> He's just like He's a normal person. <laughs> He's just a guy, a commissioned guy who came out to 
get paid. Right. See the world. Well, he's just trying to like, Riker, dude, chill. Like, yeah. whatever your problem is, you need to deal with it and stop brooding. Yeah. But then we see Riker's dad, Kyle, come in. Oh, and boy. he glad handing everybody. He yeah, he's everyone likes him. He's a cool guy. And then he sees Dr. Pulaski and they talk about a relationship that they had and they kiss. And Riker's like, William Riker's like, what is going on here? Because he didn't know about this. Maybe they know each other. And then Miles yeah. O'Brien is He like, says, yeah, I know her too, but she doesn't do that to me. <laughs> this kiss was like the lamest <laughs> kiss in like, the world. Yeah. It, it was, was totally like, like a friendship kiss. Right. <laughs> it's obviously not like a kiss of passion. It's no. just like, hello. <laughs> yeah. Miles O'Brien is like, ooh, that's sexy. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the future, Pat. Uh, any kind of uh, sexuality has been bred out of humans. Uh, they well, go that to the holodeck. Not true. I know that is not that. true at all. <laughs> I know, but I'm not going to go on that tangent right now. <laughs> Back in the engineering sector, uh, it's Wesley, Data, and Jordy. And instead of working on the crystals or whatever the hell they're supposed to do, they're talking about Worf because that job is boring. Yes, it's like organizing spreadsheets or something. Yeah, know? they they're taking a break from their Excel documents and they're talking about Worf and how it's weird and they're like look we got to solve whatever the problem is and they're gonna try to keep an eye on them to like figure out what's going on but back in 10 forward Riker is like uh, William Riker goes up to his dad Kyle Riker and he's trying to press him about Dr. Pulaski all right you know I'm ready for whatever debriefing he's clearly upset that Kyle did not tell him about this relationship with Dr. Pulaski, or that Kyle has not been a dad. Like, <laughs> I think that's the bigger issue. Forever. Do you think Pulaski should have told Riker? I don't think it's like up to her, but it is kind of weird that she never brought it up. Does she ever say she knew Riker's father? Uh, I don't think she does. Yeah. And William Riker does mention it at some point. It's like, were you ever going to tell me about this? And right. she's like, no, it just never came up. They imply they've, you know, dated. She fell in love with him. If you had that deep of a relationship. It was relationship, a huge relationship, and, like, she hangs out with Riker. Like, we saw her hanging out with William Riker. Was she playing the, poker? I can't remember, but it was when he was making those things that he called omelets. Oh, the scrambled eggs. And he was, like, talking about his dad in front of Dr. Pulaski. That's right! She should have been this like, you know, I knew your father! This never came up. I think it's a problem with the writing, honestly. Did they forget? I guess they just forgot. That, or they like, had to like shoehorn in that he knew somebody, and it couldn't be Deanna Troy, so it had to be, it had to be Dr. Pulaski. <laughs> Dr. Pulaski. Right, yeah, the other woman on the show. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's just a problem with the writing. Yeah. Ugh. It's, a, it's an oversight, because it is super weird that, that this would never come up. Yeah, at least it, would, it wouldn't even have to be like that personal. Like, oh, yeah, I fell in love with your father. But, oh, I, I, I knew saw him. your father on this planet yeah. 20 years ago. <sighs> I don't know. Because William Riker is clearly, like, he has issues because he has no connection to his family. Yeah. He, he hasn't seen his dad since he was, like, 15 years old. And he talks about him all the time. Yeah, about how much he doesn't like him. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Pulaski's not going to bring this up. <laughs> Like, maybe and, and she knows that like, bad? she knows intimate parts of <laughs> William Riker's history. Yeah, about why his dad is so messed up. Yeah, and has never told him. Right, or told Deanna Troy. Somebody. Yeah, go tell the counselor about this. Help Riker be a better Riker. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's an oversight, I think, yeah. with the writing. I agreed. But meanwhile, uh, they're trying to fix someone else's head in the show. Worf is also in ten forward, and he's just kind of like staring at a wall. Love this scene. <laughs> Love this scene. Jordy and Data are there, and they're like trying to talk about, like, okay, uh, what do we do to get into his head? What's the deal here? <laughs> and they're trying to like find some way to approach him without getting their arms ripped off, I guess. <laughs> Data's like, you know, he needs to be socialized. And Jordy's like, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. He looks like he really wants to be alone. Data's like, nope. I'm going to test this hypothesis that he wants to be socialized. <laughs> and Worf just yells at him, be gone. But he says, like, with all due respect, <laughs> be because, gone. Uh, uh, Data is Worf's commanding officer. He's a commanding officer. Right. So he's got to be nice when he yells so at him. So he goes, with all due respect, be gone, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. It's awesome. And Data goes back to Jordy. He's like, oh, yeah, it turns out you're right. So <laughs> turns out I should listen to the human. <laughs> yeah. And while this is happening, Pulaski and Kyle are talking about their past relationship. And it turns out Pulaski has been married three times. 
and Kyle is a like a consultant doing stuff with like defense systems. Yeah, and we're another not- issue with the writing. She's been married three times and divorced three times. Yeah, and she responds, "It's cool. All of us are still great friends." Right. We never see these people. No, she never talks about them. No, it's- this just just now came up. Yeah, Kyle Riker never remarried. No, and she thought that that was strange because she remarried three times or she's been married three times since yeah and it's and it is also clear that pulaski and kyle considered marriage you're right but they were not married but it got the, the relationship was and you're serious stationed with their son and, and you never tell say anything it's, it's <laughs> such a huge oversight i'm sorry uh so while this is going on will Riker is looking through a bunch of family photos on his thinkpad in his office and <laughs> it's a big thing. It's a huge computer yeah. for the future. And there's like a bunch of clearly Photoshop pictures of like him and his dad. And Worf comes in. They were in Alaska, weren't they? They're in Alaska. And he's yeah. like, oh, where is this? He's like, oh, that's Alaska. And he's like, oh, you're holding a fish in that picture. He's like, yeah, well, I hooked the fish. And my dad wouldn't let me reel it in because he never trusted me to do anything. And Worf is trying to like probe his feelings about his dad what a mundane daddy issue yeah oh you didn't let me catch you a didn't fish? Let me like, catch people a have fish. real dad issues there's a huge fish yeah exactly. i saw the picture it's like the, the salmon is as big as him <laughs> there is no way he could have physically done that right because he was 12 at the right. oldest yep yeah there's no way he could have caught that fish okay, not I, a, like some dads get drunk and beat you right your dad helped, helped you, you bring in, bring a, in a huge fish <laughs> and you don't talk to him for years yeah he never forgave him about that fish. About that damn fish. <laughs> so Worf is like, all right, well, you know, what's your deal with your dad? And Riker's like, look, I don't know. I got stuff to work through. Why are you here? Worf is trying to say, it's like, look, and this is what confirms why I think Worf really likes Riker. He's like, look, if you go to the Aries, I'm going with you. Yeah. He has like a deep respect for Riker. But I thought it was because of how dangerous it is. Well, yeah, but that's what Worf wants to do. He wants to die in battle. Yeah. And and the Ares is apparently in a really dangerous part of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it's like he knows Riker was on a Klingon vessel and, like, commanded a Klingon vessel. And in Worf's mind, it's like, that is the coolest guy on the ship. <laughs> you know, because yeah. he has no, you know, real connection to, to his culture anymore. And I think he could probably see that, A, through dying in battle or the potential to die in battle. And serving under Commander Riker. Yeah. That's the closest thing he has to a, another Klingon officer. Yeah, I'm sold. So, yeah, Riker is like a Klingon officer. And I, it's not explicitly said here, but that's just my theory. I right. don't know. No, I think you're right. William Riker is going to go uh, to the briefing. So, with his dad, by the way. He's talking to Kyle, and Kyle's trying to, like, chat him up. He's like, hey, you know, buddy, how are you doing? And Will's like, I'm only here for business. Okay, well, here is a little memory chip. That's the briefing. That's all you need to know. That's yeah. it. And it very clear why Kyle showed up was yeah. to see his son. Yeah. Not hand over this microphone. <laughs> he was like, yeah, you could have just like mailed this to us. <laughs> He's like, yeah, well, I, I haven't. Emailed it even. Yeah, I, I haven't seen you. He's like, I needed an excuse to come here. You're my son, remember? Yeah, but do you remember that time you took your fish from but, me? Yeah. <laughs> You didn't let me catch a fish. And Kyle's like, look, dude. What kind of father are you? I, I could have pulled it in. Yeah, and Kyle Riker's trying to say, he's like, look, I know I screwed up. I'm not good at communicating. Let's talk about your mom. And William Riker just leaves. Kyle's just trying to say, it's like, look, the reason I'm here is because, you know, in the event that you accept the captain's position, you're, I may never see you again. And he says, I'm here with my hand out, son. And William Riker just leaves. Cold. Cold as ice. Whoa, yeah. right? <laughs> Get coffee with the man. I know. Just That's the chill. least you could do. Chill, Will. <laughs> you're so, acting like you're 12 years old. Yeah. So in the sick bay. You're uh, real Will Wheaton right now. Yeah, he is. From the Dauphin. Dauphin. <laughs> Dauphin? <laughs> Dauphin. I don't know. So in the sick bay, uh, Pulaski is like dealing with some patient that has a weird alien flu. Uh, Kyle comes in and he's just like kind of bugging her about like. And she's trying to go about her job. You know, he's just trying to make small talk with this woman that he almost married. And then Pulaski introduces him to Deanna Troy. Boom. This is a trap. Yeah. Deanna Troy is going to get in his head. Yeah. 
Hell yeah! It, but was, this is probably my favorite moment so far in the series with Pulaski. It's really interesting. It's like it's it's a perfect setup, and he even says like this is a setup, isn't it? She's like, yep. Uh, see you later. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Kyle kind of wants to be there because he doesn't know anything about his son's adult life, but uh, he seems to know that his son has had a relationship with Deanna Troy. So. Yeah, he wants to talk to her. Troy correctly points his, uh, points out that Kyle is anxious about the relationship with his son. Uh, and Kyle says, look, I just came here to try to bury the hatchet. You know, I just want to repair whatever relationship exists with my son before he goes out and uh, and does this dangerous mission. Yeah, could die. Could die. Could die in battle next it, to that Klingon. Yeah, he's like, it turns out there's nothing I can do. Will mm-hmm. doesn't want anything to do with me. And it's not that I've given up, but, you know, I, I want Will to acknowledge that I'm trying. And Troy tells him, respect is not, respect is earned, not bestowed. How cold is Deanna? Dang, yeah. Right? Like, she gets, like, the most stone face I've ever seen that character. Well, yeah. she's, she's like, just, like, hitting them she back. She is being clinical. That's, like, oh, her yeah. job. Yeah. Troy also sense, senses that Kyle is kind of, like, jealous that William Riker has like risen so far in the ranks that he's completely outdone any of Kyle's achievements that they're both kind of the same competitive narcissists. (laughs) They're both competitive narcissists. And it's like, because of that, they're competing with each other, which is a weird thing for a father and son to do. Kyle cannot be proud of will because he, it will always see him as a rival. What does this have to do with the mother's death? I don't know. Right. That's what they need to give us now. Yeah. They need to connect how, when mom died, to why they're still, like, competitive with one another. No. and But all we get is just, like, they're too much the they're same. They're too much the same, yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, why, where all this friction is coming from. According to Troy, whose business is getting into people's heads, so I trust her. Yes. Uh, oh, she's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Picard is visiting uh, William Riker, and they're talking about this assignment. Picard is, like, talking up the first officer uh, Flaherty or something that he's going to be working with. He's like, this guy speaks 40 languages. He's so cool. He has a worthless skill. Yeah, they have a universal translator already. Look at that. It's like a hobbyist thing to learn languages. I guess, but maybe there is something to it where, like, with diplomacy, if if you actually speak it, like, the other people are like, oh, shit, you you bothered to learn that. Oh, that's cool. I guess. Seems worthless. Considering it, even, like, the Ferengi have the translators, like, in their brains. They, like, put it in their bodies. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I yeah. thought it was just, like, a button that you press. Well, it's a button on the humans. So they wouldn't even be able to tell that you bothered to no, learn No, not this. if you're talking to Ferengi. And they, he even mentions Ferengi as one of the languages that's known. Yeah. So this like, is, like, Picard's like being, interest uh, in archaeology. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, this will do nothing but get us into trouble. You know, uh, your new first officer? Really good at cursive. Yeah, amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, uh, but Picard is like super into this idea. I think probably because he has a bunch of esoteric hobbies as well. They hear this little ding, and Kyle comes in. Picard kind of it's like, "Oh, hey, how you doing? I'm gonna get out of here." And father and son have to try to iron out their issues again. So William Riker tells Kyle, "It's like, look, I'm not gonna be pushed into this decision. Uh, You know, whatever Picard thinks of it, whatever you think about it, this is my decision." And Kyle says, like, well, you know, I'm going to be here if you need me. And that sets William Riker off. He's like, oh, well, you were never there. You know, Dad. ever. <laughs> and this part, I'm kind of pissed at Kyle because he says something like, spare me the tears of your childhood or yeah, something. He gets real cold. He's now. like, I was there for 13 years. All right. It's like, yeah, you can't. That's not long enough. That's not a long time. <laughs> Especially it's the future. So humans live for a very long yeah, time. And Hundreds then, of years. Yeah, he just leaves. So Kyle comes off looking kind of like a dick here, in my opinion. Well, Kyle is a dick. Yeah, they're both dicks, but, like, Kyle abandoned his son. <laughs> which is a messed up thing to do. Yeah. So far, William Riker hasn't done that. Well, he may have. We just don't know. Yeah, we, yeah. Many kids that I know of. <laughs> Seems like a thing William Riker would say a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the engineering, Jordy is, you know, he's still pouring over this boring crystal thing. I don't know. They're, they're talking about some problem with it, and Data's trying to reassure him. Jordy does not like working with these Starbase people. I think he's probably trying to find some kind of distraction to let them fix whatever problem yeah. is there so he doesn't have to think about it. Yeah. Because then Wesley comes in. He's like, hey, guys, great news. Uh, I found out what was wrong with uh, with Worf. 
And they're like, okay, why don't you tell us? And then he tries to tell them, and Jordy cuts him off. He's like, just cut to the point. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, oh, it's Worf's Age of Ascension. He's like, Age of Ascension? What's that? He's like, the thing that he was just trying to explain, Jordy, <laughs> before he told him to shut Jordy's up. He's in a bad mood. He's, he's having a rough yeah, day. He's, he's being you pretty snippy. sort those Excel spreadsheets <laughs> sheets right. Yeah. So it turns out this is the 10th anniversary of the Klingon Age of Ascension which is some ritual, uh, it's like a coming-of-age thing, and they're supposed to be spending this anniversary with friends and family. Yeah, it's Pro- the Klingon bar mitzvah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. The problem is, Worf has no Klingon friends and family. So, you know, what are they going to do about that? And Wesley's like, well, I'm thinking, if we go into the holodeck, and we just, you know, make some fake Klingons... I'm that- sorry, I want to correct that. It's the Klingon quinceañera. Yeah, it's a close. <laughs> yeah, that's probably that. It's well, this is the more. anniversary of it, though. Yeah, so it's not even the real one. Yeah, it well, just has been ten years. Since. It has been ten years since his coming of age thing, and he yeah. he needs to like re-experience it. It's a really important thing, is the point. Mm-hmm. And it seems weird to us, but the idea. And I actually, this is the part that I actually like when they talk about Klingon culture and how like Worf is not connected to it, and he feels distant from it, and he's always trying to get back to it. So, did he actually do the Age of Ascension? That's my question. I don't think they ever fully explained that. Because he couldn't have. He couldn't have, because he was raised by humans. It's when he should have done it. Yeah. And that's why he's feeling bad. Yep. Because he never got to do it, and mm. he should have done it 10 years ago. That makes sense. Because now we get... Because otherwise, it's also one of those things It's like, you know, you don't redo your bar mitzvah. Oh, yeah. Like, why would you want to So, he do never that had again? the coming of age he must ceremony, and he just needs to do it. I mean, he was raised by humans. Yeah. They're not going to jolt him with pain sticks. I don't even think they'd own pain sticks. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be a human thing. Right. They, they might stun you. Yeah. <laughs> so what they're going to do is they're like, well, he's got to be there with his family. We're the closest things that we've got to it. So they've got to go to the holodeck and watch this like brutal ritual and hang out with him after. That's yeah. basically what they're going to do. And get drinks after. Yeah. So uh, Riker's going to the sick bay, uh, William Riker, and he's trying to apologize to Dr. Pulaski. He's like, look... Sorry, I you know delved into the, your personal life, even though you probably should have told me you had a relationship with my dad. Just seems like super a thing weird that you didn't. That you, you never brought this up. It seems like you were hiding it. Yeah, but you know what? I'm sorry that I was a jerk earlier. So Pulaski is asking William Riker's like, "Hey, by the way, did your dad ever tell you why he didn't remarry?" And Will is like, "I I don't think any woman would want to deal with his bullshit." And Pulaski's like, I would. <laughs> this is a weird conversation. Again, what? I know. But then she tells him, look, Will, what happened a long time ago was that Kyle, you know, he's a job as a civilian consultant. So he was consulting on a star base. There was an attack from some alien race. I didn't catch who. And everybody died but Kyle. So he's got like this weird survivor's guilt and PTSD and he's never fully dealt with those problems. He's like, that's the issue. They're like, that's where he's coming from. So, you know, just be more understanding. And William Riker's like, he never told me this. Yeah. <laughs> this is he's like too busy dealing with the hurt. Yeah. Kyle is basically, he's got serious mental issues from this trauma that he, he needs more time with Counselor Troy. Yes. He, he has never dealt with it. He's just tried to like steal himself and go about his job. The same job that he was doing. When a bunch of people died, by the way. So he's, like, probably faced with constant reminders of this attack. Right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and he's never told William Riker about it. So Pulaski You know, communication. Yeah, but the weird thing is Pulaski... You solved the common cold, but you still can't talk to your son or dad. Pulaski, probably because she's very similar in that, like, she's, you know, very hard-headed, and she, she was is. like, it, uh, you know, his will to live was what attracted me to him. And that's why I fell in love with him. But Kyle's not the Marion type of guy. Uh, he's a career man, and it just it didn't work out. Uh, but Will, you need, to, you need to sort whatever this is before you take command of the Ares, because that's a dangerous job. And uh, you, need, you need to deal with your own demons and your dad before you go. Mm. And I think William Riker kind of takes this to heart. Uh, meanwhile, Wesley... Data and Jordy are talking about the Age of Ascension ritual. Uh, and this is where they bring up pain sticks, which is not really clear exactly what they do. They're like rhythm sticks. 
but <laughs> they're pain. yeah, they're like those uh, devil sticks that devil hippies sticks, yeah, used yeah. to spin. Uh, no, they they just hurt the shit out of you. It's <laughs> basically what what they do. And uh, yeah, Jordy's like, like Jordy, Jordy's like, I don't think I want to see this. You know, it sounds pretty brutal. Well, and here's the thing: they're getting the whole Klingon vibe wrong. Like every time. A Klingon feels pain. Other Klingons cheer and yell. They're like, yes, you're strong. And they're all looking at this like it's horrific. But if it were, if they were truly acting like his family, they'd be like, yeah, give them more. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I think I was saying, it's like they're like space orcs. Yeah. Or yeah, Vikings. Totally. They're like space Vikings. Yeah, exactly. This is the thing that they're into. Just yeah. let them be, let Worf be into it, man. He was into it as he's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, William Riker goes into Picard's already room. He's like, all right, uh, I'm going to talk about this promotion. What do you want me to do? And Picard's like, I can't tell you what you uh, w- what you're supposed to do. This is your job. Uh, you know, right now you're first officer, but still second in command. I know that you want to be a captain, but although you turned down the last job, you offer. did turn the, down the last job. But just keep in mind, this ship is an insign- insignificant ship and in an insignificant part of the galaxy. This is not an honorable position. No one will care. You will be in constant danger. But then he says, but really there is no substitute for holding the reins. He's like, this is a captain's job. And even though it's a terrible vessel, that you'll be in charge. And I know that's what you want. So just consider that. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but consider that you really want to be in charge. Uh, meanwhile, in engineering, Jordy is you know, still worrying over his crystals or whatever. And Miles O'Brien comes in, and this is where uh, Data's just like, were were I not a consummate professional and an android, I would find all of this uh, stuff that Jordy's being sub- uh, subjected to insulting. Yes. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> but, like, this is where it, it's really starting to hit home. It's like, Jordy does not want to be doing this. No, not Let's at all. Let's just bring on the pain sticks. So they, <laughs> they invite O'Brien to this thing, and O'Brien is into it. He's like, hell, hell yeah. yeah, that sounds awesome. A great friendship emerges between O'Brien and Worf. Oh, time. really? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, O'Brien is into it. And they tell him to keep it secret or whatever. Uh, so they're going to set up this Klingon bar mitzvah, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Consignera, one or the other. Yeah. Coming of age. Coming of age. Confirmation for Catholic? Confirmation, yeah. But that seems so much lamer. <laughs> no, yeah. My confirmation was lame as hell. Oh, they're super lame. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, William Riker and Troy meet. It is very businesslike at mm-hmm. first until finally they, you know, get Tyrion hug. Uh, because, you know, he's he might die. I thought it was weird they didn't get emotional at first. Right. Um... Maybe part of that is just Troy trying to be super professional. Yeah, well, Troy has done every everything she could to distance their previous relationship from what they're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, because that would compromise her job. Exactly. It clearly still have feelings for one oh, another. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But she's put up those walls, man. Yeah. And so them crumbling down a little bit right here is very That's telling a big deal. of how dangerous it is. Yeah. But Kyle is waiting for his son just outside, and he asks him for a minute, and Will's finally like, all right. Uh, you think he's going to break down the walls, but they just start yelling at each other. And they finally challenge each other to Anbo Jiu-Jitsu. Hell yeah, they do. Which is a made-up Japanese martial oh art my form God. for the future. Greatest sport in the world. I can't wait till we get to it. Oh, my God. Yeah, so they're instead of uh, making up, they're going to fight. Literally, physically fight in the holodeck. Uh, Kyle sort of like fighting. Yeah, kind of. Kyle goes to the sick bay. Uh, you know, because he gets called there, and Pulaski's like, don't do this. This is stupid. Why? Like, violence isn't going to solve this. And <laughs> this conversation is so funny, because Kyle's like, I've fought him before. I've won every time. He would have been 12! He would have been 12 years old! You beat up a 12-year-old Fighting kid. a 40-year-old man in good health. <laughs> and he's just, like, bragging about how much he beat up his kid. Yeah. Yeah, he might be 40, <laughs> but it's also future 40. <laughs> Yeah, like he's in great shape. He's in great shape. Just beating up a kid. I've never lost. It's like you've never fought him as an adult. Right. This is like bragging about like slam dunking on a three year old. <laughs> like, of course you won every time. You, you know, were I literally stuck my fighting son a child. Out in baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't bring that weak ass game. <laughs> Expose him. Expose him. Break those knees. 
he's been like beating his kid yeah. in in this in everything. In a physical in every contest that he had. And yeah. I'm starting to understand why William Riker hates his dad <laughs> at this point. Because imagine being a 12-year-old having to compete with a grown-ass man yeah. in everything you do. Just wait till the end when when it's revealed when one more item yes. of this is revealed. Oh my god, yeah. So Kyle is a piece of shit. Meanwhile, the holodeck, and this is the part that I wanted to see. Uh, I love the Klingon culture stuff in Star Trek. Jordy, Data, Miles O'Brien, are, and uh, Wesley Plasky are also there. They're setting up this thing. They're in this weird, like, spooky Klingon dungeon. Yeah. And Miles Red O'Brien lights. is telling them about the pain sticks. These, you know, fake Klingons appear holding these little batons. He's like, yeah, I saw one of them take down, a, I don't know, some alien and he's like, its head exploded. It was awesome. <laughs> and, Pulaski cuts him off. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, it's going to set up this pretty awesome Klingon party. Worf shows up. He's like, hell yeah, I'm into it. And he says, today I am a warrior. I must show you my heart. I travel the river of blood. And he's like speaking in Klingon. He's going down the gauntlet. And he's being zapped with these pain sticks. It looks painful. Oh, yeah, he's in agony, but yeah. he loves it. Yeah. Everyone else is horrified. Pulaski goes to run in and pull him out, no, but, but O'Brien stops like, her. No, let him do this. One of the things that they point out is that it's apparently really big in Klingon culture to express your feelings while under extreme duress. Mm-hmm. And he, I'm not really sure what they are because he was talking in Klingon, uh, but at the end he collapses and he looks at his you know, ship family and he says, thank you. Beautiful uh, scene. It's really nice. Yeah. He's like, this is a nice thing that y'all did for me. I know it's super weird for you, but I needed to do this. So it's very cool of y'all to do this. Pulaski is talking to Troy in the next scene about this weird... She's all over this episode. Yeah. She's, she's in, in a lot scene. of rooms at one time. I mean, you know, she has a pretty important part in it. Uh, she's got to be in this part because she's talking to Troy about this judo fight that father and son are about to do. Yeah. And they're talking... They're basically the whole scene is about how weird human men are. Yeah. And they're, oh, they're like, always children. It's like they're pretty much always kids. Mm-hmm. And there really isn't anything that we can do about this fight. I find it really interesting that they're talking in like such broad strokes about gender when gender inequality is a thing that's supposed to be suppo- gone. And they, they, they acknowledge that. They're like, yeah, gender inequality is supposed to be gone, but there's still like human men are, men are still weird. dummies. <laughs> men are still dumb as hell. And they like to punch each other. Yeah. yeah. And this is what they're about to do. We're in the holodeck again, and there's this like weird future Japanese aesthetic that was all over the 80s. It's mm-hmm. like they're in a Blade Runner Japan yeah. situation. They're wearing these, like, American Gladiators night suits. They're awesome. And they've got, like, you know, those um, padded Q-tip things. Yeah, well, it's only padded on, on one, one end. end. The other has this, like, sonar finder thing mm-hmm. because they're blindfolded. How cool is this game? This game rules. Yeah, this, I want to play. <laughs> it is so goofy. Like, I laughed out loud when it showed up. Yeah. Because it's very 1989. Oh, yeah. But it's cool. They're like they're blindfolded. They got to find each other with the little sound sticks, mm-hmm. and then whack the shit out of each other with the uh, with the other end. It's not that violent of a game. Not really. They they got padding. Yeah, you yeah you you're covered in armor, and it's like a padded Q tip that you're getting hit with. And yeah. they just got to knock you out of the ring. What is brutal though is the thing, the things that they're saying to each other. <laughs> So, William Riker knocks his dad out of the ring. You know, he wins the first round. And then he says, like, you should have died instead of mom. Yeah! Oh, my God! And I think this is supposed to parallel back to, with Worf, you know, the Klingons, when they're in distress, say, like, honest things. Yeah, I think so. That's what we're seeing That's a good point. I didn't think about that. we get to understand what those things are. Yeah. And it's that mom shouldn't have died. That's interesting because... It seems like the way that the Klingons deal with it is a lot more healthy. Yes, way more <laughs> That's healthy. That's just a ritualized form of violence so they get it out of their system. And this is just, I'm going to beat the hell out of my dad and tell him he should have died instead of mom. <laughs> That's, but then in the next part, I immediately lose any sympathy I had for Kyle because he knocks his son down and he's about to do this move uh, called Hachidan uh, Karitsu. And... Will says, that's illegal. And Kyle's like, yeah, it never stopped me before. He's been cheating this entire time. So he not only was he beating up his 12-year-old, but he was cheating at the game. He was cheating at the game to do it. And he tries to think of this, like, bullshit explanation. He's like, oh, it made you stronger or something. It's like, no, No. you just wanted to win. Yeah, you're just a bad dad. You're a bad dad. This is why your son hates you. And 
Ah, uh, man, Kyle Riker, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but they kind of like get some stuff out of the way. Um, Kyle did mention it's like, yeah, you know, this is we're getting our aggression out, which I I thought was you know kind of a dumb uh, justification for this, but. This is the point where Kyle is telling Will that, look, we were both affected by mom's death. She was your mom, but she was also my wife, and it completely changed me. I have never been the same since then. You have to understand that. I love this line, too. He goes, you were barely out of diapers when she died. Right. Cut back to our previous conversation. He was barely out of diapers when you were beating the shit out of Right, exactly. <laughs> That's all that that made me think of. Yeah. This is like, oh, yeah, but you were beating your kid in this violent physical game by cheating yeah. when he was like 12 years old. And acknowledging he was barely Then that's how he dealt with, you know, the loss. Yeah. So. But this scene in general was great. Um, yeah, there's a, a line in it where Kyle says, I can talk to a whole room of admirals about anything in the galaxy, but I can't talk to you about how I feel. And Riker's like, well, how do you feel? And Kyle says, I love you. That's how I feel. And, you know, Will's like, you know what? I'm glad you came. And they, they hug and it's not, you know, it's not, not all the problems are solved, but father and son had a nice little uh, coming together. Yeah. That was nice. So if Rikers dies, at least, at least they he, hugged each at other. At least they got this sorted out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, back on the bridge, Worf is telling the captain and everyone that's like, okay, well, uh, Kyle left, and Picard is asking Jordy, is just like, oh, yeah, by the way, how'd that uh, stupid crystal thing go? And Jordy says, you know... We just we re- re- reprogrammed uh, without the readout variables, which is th- exactly the same thing that Data said we should do. I'm sorry that I questioned the freaking robot genius. <laughs> next time we'll just never wrong. Next time we'll just do whatever the robot genius does. <laughs> I'm I shouldn't have questioned. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that whole thing isn't even a B plot. No, it's just like minor detail. It is the background noise. Yeah, but it's basically that like Jordy's ego was too big. To have to, he didn't want to work with the Montgomery team. He didn't want to take Data's advice, and then finally he had to take Data's advice. So that's yeah, what we learned. It is an episode about ego, isn't it? Yep. So the Enterprise is about to leave, and uh, Riker comes up on the bridge and he says, "You know, with your permission, of course, I'm going to stay on as first officer." He wasn't going to leave, and Picard's like, "Okay, uh, fine. Uh, what changed your mind?" And Riker says, "Motivated self-interest. For now, the best place for me to be is here." Uh, which is true. I knew that was the decision he was going to make. What do you think he meant by motivated self-interest? I think he needs to keep his own ego in check. Oh, ego. And I think that he needs other people to be in charge of him right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he doesn't have his own issues sorted out. And he probably realized how much he is like his father. Yeah. And that he wouldn't want his dad, you know, in some far-off, part of the galaxy in control of something so why would he trust himself that's Uh, just my that's my yeah that makes sense i know what do you think i think he should take a captain position he's young he needs to do a couple rounds as a captain off in a bad part of town you know yeah but his motivated self-interest i felt like to me fell short of a line because if he was truly self-interested he would have gone yeah to your point, he's got some stuff to work on. I, I that think that it. was him recognizing he has his own shortcomings and he's not ready yet. But he is ready. He is ready. We've seen him command a freaking Klingon vessel. Yeah. Like, we know that he can do this. His dad fucking with him. That's what it was. His dad got in his head. Dad got in his head. <laughs> Kept him down. Yeah. All right, well, Patrick, this is a part where we like to rate the episode. If we thought it was amazing, you must watch it. We set it to kill. If we thought it was, eh, okay, if it comes up in the queue, give it a watch. We set to stun, and if it was horrible, ignore at all costs. Never watch it, ever. We leave it in the holster. So, Patrick, what'd you think? You know, I'm going to say set to stun. Set to stun? Yeah. It was just, it was a bottle episode, which is fine. You know, we've seen those. Uh, it took too long for a lot of the stuff to happen. You know, I, I really like uh, the Klingon stuff. That's a per- personal preference. But that setup was so damn long, and we didn't see anything happen until the end. But what I do like is that, like you said, this is an episode about ego, and we had all these different subplots kind of that were nicely tied together mm-hmm. for once. Like all of the A plot, B plot, all that stuff complemented each other. They had something to do with each other. And it wasn't like uh, it was united under a common theme, not necessarily, you know, the 
exact same thing happening. So that was nice to see. Yeah. Well, Patrick. I'm going to set this one to kill! Oh. I don't know about that. That's a little much. All right. Ow! Ow! Dude, the character development is so great in this. If you're, you know, in it to win it with Star Trek, this is one that you've got to watch. You learn so much about everybody, and all of it comes up again and again. It establishes some really important truths about each character. I I, love it. Yeah, I I do like the character development with Pulaski, but I think that part reveals some problems that have been in the writing. Yeah, but... It's not not an issue with this episode, though. Right. So I can't fault it for that. Yeah, just... But here's the thing. I've never felt sympathetic for Riker before this episode because he's just like a hornball, right? Yeah. Who's out for himself kind of doing his thing. Yeah. Well, now we get it. Now we know why. Yeah, we get it. This is why he's like that. Yeah, and it comes with context and certain decisions he makes. Yeah. He's actually not really like a swashbuckling playboy, but he's more of a sad, lonely man. man. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) which is great. I think it makes the episode so much better. That is a good point, yeah. Also, Worf not feeling connected to the rest of the crew. I do like that stuff, but there's too much air. Like, it, they needed to get to the damn point. But then we wouldn't have learned so much. Yeah, it's just... It, it took, is set to kill. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to convince you of that. No, it's set to stun still. It let just took too what, long. <laughs> let, let us know what you think on Twitter, listener. Yeah, p- please yell at me for my dumb opinion about this. <laughs> uh, yeah, is that it? Is that yeah, all I we think, got? Yeah, I think that was... Uh, that. That's the episode. Yeah. I loved it. Oh, all right. Such a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if, y- if y'all have any thoughts about anything on this, uh, feel free to yell at us on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I am at Patrick Winnegar. That's vinegar with a W. Yeah, do you uh, want to just spell the whole thing? Uh, yeah, Patrick, spelled like Patrick, uh, W-I-N-E-G-A-R. Yeah. We have a theory. Um, I seem to be getting more tweets at me about the show than Patrick is because my name, or my Twitter handle, is a lot easier to spell. Yeah. It's at Pat Likes to Tweet. Yeah, and my name does not sound like it's spelled, so that's I'm hard to find. Dude, uh, I can barely spell it. Uh, I've known you for years. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I'm I throw sorry. in an extra N. That happens all the time. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, it's just vinegar with a W. Uh, also, <laughs> please continue to leave reviews. Yeah. We will read them on air. We are strangely getting a bunch of downloads recently. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. But thank you. a huge day the other day. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And Yeah. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Let's have another huge day. Yeah. Let's make every day a huge download day for Patrick. <laughs> huge download day. Huge download day. We got priorities, all right? I got to take a huge download day in a second here. <laughs> I downloaded before you got <laughs> yeah. here. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Reviews. We'll read them on the show if you leave them. Let's see what's out there. Peaches. Pop. Sauce. Peaches. Peaches.